You are listening to Shining Star Community Church, English Ministries Sunday Message. Please visit us at www.shiningstar.life. We are halfway through. Okay, we are now on that orange banner now. No longer on this purple. We are now on the orange. We're almost there. We're getting there. Woo! Right? And so to refresh our memories, we're going through the series because we really want to nail down our mission and vision statement of to know and enjoy God. Uh, we have our vision statement where um, to rescue, reclaim, revive um, a broken and lost world for the sake of his kingdom one person, one family, and one community at a time. And so because we have our, uh, our visions, we have our value. Um, our first value we went through um, is the truthfulness and trustworthiness and the authority of the Bible. Um, we value the preaching and the teaching of the Word of God. We value a vibrant prayer life. Uh, we value evangelism. And now here we are on our fifth core value. We value dynamic Spirit-filled and gospel-driven worship. So today, I really pray and hope that by the end of today's service, when you walk out these two doors, um, we will have the right understanding and response to what true worship is. Amen? Amen. So uh, let's go right into it. We all worship. We all worship. Whether you know it or not, we all worship something or someone. How many of you guys have a smartphone? There you go. That's what you worship right there. Maybe, maybe, uh, um, maybe not for some, but for me, for sure. Man, I do worship my phone. How many of you guys do this? The moment you wake up, the moment you wake up, you look at your phone. And this is not including you turning off your alarm. Okay? Who, who does that? The moment you wake up, you just grab your phone, and maybe you're on Instagram. Uh, what, what else? Oh, CNN, uh, <laughs> Gmail, <laughs> I'm, so, I'm not dissing anyone, I'm sorry, um, Facebook, Facebook, um, you know, ESPN, things like that, um, or what about money, more problem, more, pro oh wait, more money, more problems, right, um, or celebrities, you probably have someone that you really, <laughs> you really like, and uh, if you probably see them in person, you'll probably turn into like a little schoolgirl, like freaking out, right? Maybe. Um, and so what am I, try what am I trying to get here? Uh, we all worship something whether we know it or not. Uh, but today we need to understand and afterwards respond to the fact that there is such thing as true worship. What we are worshiping other than God is actually a sin. Um, and so let's open up our minds and our hearts. Let's not close them. And let's examine ourselves today as we hear today's word. Amen? Amen. So, Let's go back into the text. We see Jesus talking with a Samaritan woman in the middle of a hot afternoon near a well. Um, and so Jesus started a conversation with her. And to her surprise, a Jewish man was speaking to her. But not only a, a Jewish man was speaking to her, but speaking to a Samaritan woman. You know? and, and so back in, the, back in those days, that was crazy. Jewish people and Samaritans don't go along, they don't get along well. And on top of that, 
you know, in the history, men don't really talk to women. And so it was really crazy that Jesus was speaking to her. And so, you know, their conversation was going, they were talking and everything, and it started to get more engaging, and he eventually called for her to confront her sins, which afterwards, uh, she felt a little bit awkward, and so what did she try to do? She tried to change the subject. Uh, she tried to change the sub- subject and she um, and tried to avoid what's really in her heart. And so she tried to uh, change the subject about what worship was uh, and asking, where is the right place to worship? Uh, that eventually led Jesus to explain to her that it's not a matter of a place to worship, but the matter of whom do you worship? This afternoon, we must know that the main point is God is seeking true worshipers. Today, God is seeking true worshipers. So I really have one point with maybe little sub points, but the point is this. True worship is driven by the gospel. Again, true worship is driven by the gospel. The Hebrew word for worship is, it means to bow down. Worship is bowing, lifting up our hands, um, praying, singing, reading scripture, um, listening to the message, preaching, um, praying for meals, things like that. And, but John Piper said this, all of this could be done in vain. It can be pointless and useless and empty. He puts it as this, John Piper puts worship as this, it's a way of gladly reflecting back to God, the radiance of his worth. Without the engagement of your heart, um, we do not really worship. We cannot say that we are worshiping without our heart. He is coming alive of the feelings and the, and the emotions that's being stirred up and the affections um, of the heart. True worship uh, must include inward feelings that reflect the worth of God's glory. So how do we start this? How, how does this all start? It first starts with Jesus and ends with Jesus. Say to, say to your neighbors next to you, it's all about Jesus. Yeah, it's all about Jesus. As true worship is driven by the gospel, we must know that Jesus is the foundation of our worship. Um, read with me here, in, starting in verse 20. Verse 20 um, our father worshiped on this mountain, but you say that in Jerusalem is the place where people ought to worship. Verse 21, Jesus said to her, Woman, believe me, the hour is coming when neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem will you worship the Father. Verse 22, you worship what you do not know. We, know what we, we worship what we know, for salvation is from the Jews. For our worship to go deeper, and we, we need to constantly have more knowledge of who Christ is, what he has done for us. The more we know Christ, the deeper our worship can be. True worship is gospel-driven because it is a response to what Jesus did on the cross. He rose from the grave as well. John 1.17 says, For the law was given through Moses. Grace and truth came through Jesus Christ. The entire Old Testament points to Christ. So you might be thinking, then do I have to be Jewish in order to truly worship? No. When Jesus pointed out in verse 22 saying, Salvation comes from the Jews, what he really meant by that was saying that salvation is provided by Jesus Christ. To further explain, the Jews know that the Messiah will come eventually. And, and we know uh, that the lineage of Christ, Jesus Christ, comes from the Jews. What Jesus meant was that Jesus will fulfill 
and complete and transform the worship of the Old Covenant um, in the Old Testament, the worship that the Old Testament did, you know? And so the tabernacle and, and, the, and the temple, later on the temple, was where God manifested his presence among his people. And Jesus fulfills and therefore replaces the Old Covenant. John, uh, in the earlier chapters, tells us that the Word became flesh. And Jesus promised, destroy this temple, and in three days, I'll raise it up. In other words, Jesus' body is now the temple. The place where God meets his people is manifested in his presence and deals with their sins. That's why Jesus can say that an hour is coming when true worshipers will no longer need to worship in Jerusalem, but will worship in spirit and truth. Jesus fulfills and replaces the earthly temple of Jerusalem. He is now the place where true worshipers can worship God, Jesus. Another reason why true worship is driven by the gospel, um, because Jesus is the foundation of our worship, is because Jesus also fulfills and replaces the entire sacrificial system that the Old Covenant had. Um, if you guys can remember back, then, back, in, the, um, back in the Old Testament, uh, the priests had to offer daily sacrifices. Um, it was a mess, you know, killing it. I don't know how messy it was. They killing animals and bloody and, you know, everything, right? Um, but here, what Jesus is saying is Jesus atoned for the people's sin now. Once for all, he offered himself up, sacrificing himself and giving himself up to us. So once for all, we, do not, we no longer need to, um, to do those daily sacrifices like the Old Testament priests did. Jesus' single offering of himself doesn't just purify the flesh like the old covenant sacrifices did, but purifies our conscience and renewing us inwardly. Because Jesus has purified his people by a single offering himself, there's no longer a need or a place for the offerings of animals. Therefore, now God's people have their sins forgiven through faith in Jesus' sacrifice. Now God's, people, now God's people experience his gracious presence through faith in Christ and the indwelling of the Spirit. And now all God's people have intimate access to him. So Jesus is the foundation of true worship. We need to know who we are worshiping and why we worship him. The Samaritan woman, her, her, worship, her worship was not based out of God's word but based out of tradition um, and, what they, and just what maybe she wanted to do. Uh, the Samaritans' worship back then was based, on, uh, uh, based off of the first five books of the Bible, the Pentateuch, and they picked and chose what they liked and they didn't like. So that's basically something like religion. Um, many of us do that, though. We say, um, as long as I come to church that has God-like songs and, and, and has good preaching and stuff, I'm okay. That's my worship. That's good. Um, we come to church because we're so used to it, maybe. Um, or we were told that it's a good thing for us to come to church. There are many times when we could be going through the motions, like coming to a place, like this church, coming to a place to worship. We can go through the motion and feel justified that we came to a Sunday worship um, when we could be rather doing something else. 
where we are trying to say to God, that's what we're trying to say to God is that at least I came out to church, God. At least I came out. Brothers and sisters, that is not worship. That is just showing us that we're just doing all of this without knowing who Christ really is, what he has done for us. The Samaritan woman was so focused on a place to worship, but it was who we worship that was the most important thing. And that goes the same for us today. Again, as we remember the main point, as God is seeking true worshipers, and true worship is driven by the gospel, the acknowledgement that there is a God, and from the beginning we were once with God, but because of sin separating us, we can no longer have that relationship. So years will pass by, and mankind will always fall short of the glory of God, Romans 3.23. So many years after that, the ultimate atoning sacrifice came from God to man to die on the cross and raise again. So I charge you, brothers and sisters, to make Jesus the first thing in your heart and not the last thing. Christ shouldn't be removed from our hearts. Amen? Amen. Which leads to my second sub-point. As true worship is driven by the gospel, Jesus empowers our worship. When we worship, we need to involve the Holy Spirit. We need to involve the Holy Spirit in order to worship. In order for the Holy Spirit to be there, there needs to be submission to the cross, to Christ. We need to see who has the power, Jesus Christ. We cannot say we are genuinely worshiping when you're not illuminated to the truth, the Spirit of God. Remember when Jesus said, it is no longer a place to worship, but the matter of your heart and knowing who you are worshiping? Again, in verse 22, Jesus said, the hour is coming. What is coming? The hour is coming. When we no longer need to have atoning um, sacrifices for our sins anymore. But someone who is holy, who is perfect, will be our ultimate atoning sacrifice for our sins. He now made a way with a new covenant, a new promise, where whoever believes in God through Jesus Christ, believing he is our Lord and Savior, we will have his spirit dwelling among us and in us. Therefore, we are able to worship in spirit because we have the spirit within us to only those who believe Jesus Christ as their Lord and Savior. As true worship is driven by the gospel, Jesus is the reason of our worship. We need to know what he has done for us. Going back to the Samaritan woman, she believed worship was a place. Jesus was saying, no, worship is who you are worshiping. The Samaritan saw how to worship as tradition. Jesus is saying, no, how to worship is in spirit and in truth. So why do we need to worship? Maybe we were taught to worship because someone told us. Then we are worshiping maybe their authority and their traditions. Maybe um, some of us felt like this before when we, when we were younger. When we, if we, went to, uh, when we went to Sunday school, um, we, would, we would hear all the Bible stories. But what do all these Bible stories mean when I don't have Jesus personally in my life? The Samaritan woman didn't know personally what worship was. But later in verse 28, the Samaritan woman knew personally what worship was through knowing who Jesus Christ was. 
And so she responded to him. Do we come to church as a social event? Then you have to consider, then is it for my pleasure if I come to church as a social event? But worshiping, worshiping God is giving glory to God because it's his to begin with. It's all his. It belongs to him. So true worshipers will worship in spirit and in truth. In the way, uh, in the Old Testament, the people knew of God, but not in a personal way. Now in the New Testament, God seeks people who truly worship him because now it's possible through Jesus Christ. With all of this being said, this shows how important worship really is. And again, it's not just playing fun, catchy music or the pastor speaking in such a, in such a dynamic and attractive way. But we, see, but we must see the deepness of how much God went through for wicked people like you and me. There, there was a cost to all of this. And that was the Son of God. And now that we are able to have access to the Father through being totally transformed from Jesus Christ's death and resurrection, there needs to be 100% commitment that follows with total humbleness, total surrender, and total obedience to God when we worship. This is very important. You need to be saved in order, to be, in order for you to truly worship. You need to be saved in order to truly worship God. All this can make sense in our heads, but unless you have a personal relationship and a humble acceptance of Christ as your Lord and Savior, you will not get it. This is why we need to worship. We also need to worship because we need it for our soul. We need worship. If you're not worshiping, you're not worshiping the truth of God, we need to worship because here's the fact. We need the living water. We need the living water so we don't need to get thirsty. That is in the Holy Spirit. It is filling up with the living water. Verse 28 says, the woman, So the woman left her water jar and went away into town and said to the people, verse 29, Come see a man who told me all that I ever did. Can this be the Christ? By this living water, it means the Holy Spirit, who is not like the water in the bottom of the well where Jesus was talking with the Samaritan woman. Jesus Christ can, can and will give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him, for he received that he might give. And it's not because God needs our worship. He doesn't need our worship, um, but everything we have heard today, he sure does deserve to be worshiped. How we need to worship because we need it for our souls is to worship in spirit and in truth. The Holy Spirit is constantly convicting us, reassessing us, like um, rebooting our hearts. He's constantly moving. He will illuminate our, illuminate our sins and show us where we need to work on. He's humbling us. So let's listen and let's obey. These are some wonderful indicators of where we are at spiritually. Some practical applications or for gauging our spiritual immaturity or some examples is that uh, we can say um, that the sermon is good um, or sermon's not good. I'm sorry. Sermon's not good. Um, it's, it's long. It's boring. I don't know. It's not relevant to me. Or maybe sometimes the, the praise worship 
uh, we're singing like really like old songs. The beat is not fun. Like I can't get into it. You know, we can say all of these things, and that can just show how immature maybe our our spiritual life is, because it becomes more about pleasing you rather than giving God God satisfaction, rather than satisfying the Lord. Or maybe um, I know many, some of us here um, serve on Sundays. We serve the church. And serving on Sunday, Sunday's worship as well. And um, for me, I serve. And sometimes for me, I can't really handle worship that well. Uh, it can become a routine thing for me. And after doing it for a pretty long time, I know what to expect. I know what must be done next and all of that. And, but I can be doing this without even offering myself up to God. It's just like I'm, I'm being a robot. And that to me makes me realize that I am not in tune with the Lord, that uh, my heart and mind is not in the right place, um, and, that maybe, and that I wasn't humbling myself in the beginning of the week to get myself prepared for, for service, for, for worship. We need to ask the Lord. Uh, we need to really um, submit ourselves to God. It is, and we have to understand it's not what we can get. It is not, God, what can you give me? But it is, God, what can we give you? How can we offer ourselves to you? God doesn't need to give us anything anymore. He, he already gave us his son. He doesn't need to give anything else. So um, he, he made a way reuniting us with our Heavenly Father. How are we giving to God? Again, we need to worship God, not because God needs our worship, but we need our worship because it refills our spirit. It's for us. And something that I would like to really uh, emphasize in today's um, message and um, something that we can apply as a church is that another thing we need to keep in mind is that we need to come together to worship God. We need to come together to worship God. Um, That's what we're doing right now. And there is an importance to worship one-on-one, meeting God and worshiping God one-on-one. But it is very essential that we are gathered together to sing together, to praise God together, to lift up our hands, to listen to the message, to pray, and to cry out to our amazing Father. In order to worship in spirit uh, means being in tune with worship on Sundays with your fellow brothers and sisters in Christ, for those who are saved in Jesus Christ's name. And one of the most striking things that I, that, um, things about corporate worship is the, uh, the common theme, the persistent theme of, of the focus on building up the whole body. Apostle Paul writes, Let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another with all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. Colossians 3.16 We teach and admonish one another um, as we sing to the Lord. As we praise God, we build each other up. We build one another up. Paul even goes as far as to say that everything in the, in the corporate worship should be done with the view of building one another up, building up the church. What's unique about the church's uh, weekly gathering is not that it's the time when we worship, but that it's the time when we build each other up by worshiping God together. Because of the new covenant, Christ, because of the new covenant that Christ has made, corporate worship. All of this is aimed to build each other up, 
build up the body in love so that we will all one day mature in Christ. We must proclaim the beauty and the fame of Christ. That is why we worship rather than how you feel today. And so the fact that God is seeking for true worshipers shows how this must be our biggest priority to know the gospel message. The very thing Christ did was tear down the veil. No longer do we need to go through rituals. No longer do we need to go to a certain place to be near his presence. Do you see that worship is a response, not something that you just do? John Piper said in John 3, 6, Jesus connects God's spirit and our spirit in a remarkable way. He, said, he says that which is born of the spirit is spirit. The Holy Spirit quickens our spirit with the flame of life. Our spirit is so dead and unresponsive, it does not even qualify as spirit. Only when you are born again. So true worshipers worship in spirit. Only from the awakening from the Holy Spirit. Therefore, again, you must be saved in order to truly worship God. And so a quick recap of what we were just talking about today is that as God seeks true worshipers, true worship is driven from the gospel. And true worship is driven from the gospel with Jesus Christ being the very foundation of our worship. True worship is driven by the gospel with Jesus enabling us. And lastly, true worship is driven by the gospel because Jesus is the reason of our worship. Even if you do everything else right in worship, it looks good, it looks right, such as coming on time, uh, participating in the praise, singing along, serving in various, activity, uh, various areas, uh, taking notes during the sermon. All of that is meaningless if you don't recognize Jesus Christ deeply in your heart. Yeah. Uh, so the other day... Um, I heard my wife, Joanna, reading the Bible out loud. She, every night she reads the Bible um, and, you know, that Bible reading plan that uh, some of you guys are doing and stuff. And so she was reading the Bible out loud the other day, and she was reading Leviticus. And um, as she was reading it out loud, I was listening to her, and I was, at first, I was confused because, um, <laughs> because I felt like she was reading the same line over and over again. But then I figured out uh, she wasn't repeating the lines uh, of, the, of the passage, but that's basically like the whole book of Leviticus. Um, no, no diss to God, but uh, repetitions, repetitions of how to give uh, sacrifices, uh, steps of how to worship, steps of how to give offerings uh, of animals, of grains, uh, things like that, you know, and, and then... Um, she paused and she looked at me and said, thank God Jesus came. <laughs> because if Jesus didn't come, we'll, like, this kind of, look, look how tiring and messy this type, of, this type of worship is. There's so many oh, steps and things that you have to take care of. You know? And so she just looked at me and said, thank God for Jesus. And um, that is true, right? That is true. Um, because now Jesus being the ultimate sacrifice um, of when he shed his blood um, for our past and present future sins, we don't have to come to the sanctuary without a bunch of animals and, uh, to atone for our sins. But then because we don't have to, maybe we take, uh, maybe we take worship 
and think of worship uh, very easily. Um, maybe we take worship very lightly. Back then, they came to the sanctuary with the fear of the Lord. But how many of us today, when we enter into the church, uh, we come with the fear of God, knowing the weight uh, of our sins are so heavy and that we are so unclean and that we are in his house presenting ourselves in front of the Holy Father? Or how many of us come to church complaining about something about the worship service, checking the time on your phone or doing something else on your phone? Brothers and sisters, Jesus did not shed his blood for you to take worship lightly. So that, you, so that you can just abuse his grace. Um, he is seeking true worshipers. Respond, responding to what he has done for us. And by his grace, he is still extending his grace out to us. Praise God. Saying, he is saying to us, come just as you are. We are able to truly worship because we are covered by Jesus' blood. Do you accept who Jesus Christ is? And do you surrender yourself to Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior? You and I come to worship because of Jesus. How amazing is that? And so I want us to take some time to really think what we just heard and think through that Jesus Christ, because of Jesus, we are able to truly worship him. Let's take this time right now to reflect on ourselves and see if we need to come back to Christ. Maybe for those who have been wandering around or wandering off or have forgotten the deepness of our Father's love, maybe take this time to come back, to reflect and just pray to the Lord. Or for those who want to know Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, this is your first time hearing this type of message. This is also an invitation for you to pray and to repent of your ways and turn to him. So brothers and sisters, let's go before the Lord. Amen? Amen. Let's pray. So God, thank you so much, Lord. Thank you so much for loving us. Really, Lord, um, we forget so easily. And today, as we come to your house, um, as we're saying that we're worshiping you, maybe we, we don't even know what that means right now. But God, we pray that as, you're, as you are seeking true worshipers, and that the only way we know we are true worshipers is by laying down our life completely to you, Jesus Christ. Father, may you open up our eyes to see your gospel message working in our lives, Lord. Um, Jesus, you are the foundation of us even being able to worship. God, thank you. And God, forgive us for taking it, maybe taking worship lightly. Help us, Lord, right now to fall on our knees and return to you. In the name of Jesus Christ, we pray. Amen.